What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support, Camping Edition. So, you might notice my background's a little different here. Uh, in the old 1975 Terry Travel Trailer Camper thing, as you can see behind me there, there's a little bit of rot that we're dealing with, some old paneling that we're dealing with. You can see where we've been painting over here. We got all that fixed on the face. Really, the only two spots that need a whole ton of work are the rest of this dinette area that we rebuilt and uh, the bathroom. So, we got it comfortable. It's livable. We can camp in it. It ain't perfect yet, but that's part of the journey, fixing it up, right? Anyway, I tried to record outside, but the bugs are horrible. And I forgot to clamp for my microphone stand. So, here we are. Anyway, alright, let's read some stories. If it's not a color terminal, I don't want it. All the recent posts about terminals reminded me of this story from about 1996, so here I am to share. I worked for a manufacturing company. They'd standardized on DEC in the 80s, and by the time I was there in 96, there were still several terminals all over the place, though mostly as an adjunct to a PC. Well, except on the production floor. Down there, it was all green screen wise. W-Y-S-E? Anyway... The guy in charge of the area was both resistant to change and important enough to get his way, so it remained frozen in 1983. I'd been on the job barely a month when I got the job of replacing a keyboard down on the production floor. Yeah, the keyboard was manky, discolored with god only knows, and slightly bent to boot. But that wasn't the worst thing about the terminal. A decade of burn-in had rendered the screen nearly indecipherable. So I went to the storage closet and snagged him a newer white phosphor WY160. A week goes by and Mr. I Hate Change stops by to ask about the color terminal I'd put in his area. He wanted a second one for himself. I didn't understand. We didn't have color terminals, and even if we did, the application we used didn't do color. Bold, inverse, and half intensity, sure. Even underline in some places, but not color. No, he insisted that I'd given someone a color terminal and that he'd show me. So he drags me down to the plant floor. Walks me over to the WY160 I'd installed the week before and points. And some of the text is in color. All the areas the operator needs to read before confirming a job are bright yellow, like they've been highlighted. In fact, exactly like they've been highlighted. With a highlighter. Because they have been. The yellow highlighter that was used to do it is still sitting next to the keyboard, in fact. I lick my right index finger, rub some of the marker off the monitor, and show him the color has vanished. Still want one, I ask? No, if it's not a color terminal, I don't want it. A year later, the company did away with all the terminals, replacing them with PCs. He got Windows NT 4.0, rendered in thousands of beautiful colors, and his chief complaint was that serial connections to the DEC still weren't in color. Yeah, there's just no pleasing some people, and 9 times out of 10, they don't understand what they're looking at anyway. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody use marker or highlighter on an actual monitor screen. That just blows my mind. I guess if it's a line that shows up in the same position all the time, it would, might make sense. But uh, other than that, I'm not sure why. Let me know down below if you have a clue. I hate this. Let me start by saying I'm the most friendly guy out there after being in IT for so long. I had an incident last year where I made someone uncomfortable by giving a hug to someone. Now I realize that may have been wrong, not intentional really. I received another complaint but was not given the specifics and since I had the other one, I was released from contract and will now have to find work again. 
I don't get how someone can file a report and you don't get a chance to defend yourself. I'm told I was the best and brightest of the people the boss had hired through contract and was sorry, but he couldn't save me. Part of me feels targeted, but I think that's just a reaction. I loved my job there. I was learning new things and my intellect was always being challenged, to which I met given objectives. Damn. Listen, if I'm just wrong, I can accept that, but the not being told is what bothers me the most. Anyone else you speak to has always had kind words for me. Feeling depressed and down. Hello, P. Don't feel depressed and down. Uh, the only thing I can say is it's a different world out there now. Uh, um, too many things, life, education, jobs, end up being completely about feelings. Your feelings, my feelings, their feelings. How does that feel? Who cares? You know, I mean, you don't want to go out and be a jackass to everybody and be a jerk and all that. But, you know, okay, you gave somebody a hug. Was it a hug against their will? If not, then what's the big deal? If you guys were friends, I mean, dude, I've had friends at work before where, you know, we give each other a little side hug when I was leaving to go to another job or, you know, funky handshakes. You know, you get your little secret club handshakes depending on what department you're working and things like that. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't understand. You may have been targeted if you're a little different than everybody else there. And I tend to be one of those people who's a little different than everybody else I work with in one way, shape or form, you know, I mean, not like I need a helmet or anything, but just different chin up, man, find another job, screw that place. You just got to keep pushing forward. And if it's, if it's something to do with physical contact, then maybe that's something you just got to work on a little less hugging and, uh, you know, maybe do a fist bump, high five, maybe just wave. My cheap rates are still too expensive and accusing me of changing Windows Explorer settings I didn't touch. So I run my own computer repair business, was just with a customer. Customer was complaining about Word not opening the PDF document. Her words though, Microsoft won't download. Took me a few minutes to figure out she was talking about Word not opening the PDF document. I explained to the customer that they were complaining about Acrobat Reader constantly asking them to pay in a previous appointment and thus I changed it so that it would open in Word. I changed it to the web browser and explained the customer could view PDF documents but not edit them. Customer was okay with that. Then the customer was talking about some kind of move document here pop up. I showed them the cut copy right click action and the customer said they don't want to use cut or copy and we're talking about another screen. Whatever, make it difficult for yourself I guess. So I went through Windows Explorer, opened every pop-up or move pop-up option I could, and when I explained the option bar at the top of the Windows Explorer window, she said that that was it. All done with the appointment, so I charged customer 15 pounds, my hourly rate, and I charged by the hour. Customer was not happy with that, said it was too much, said that I hadn't been there for an hour, and said that she'd only pay 10 pounds. I explained the minimum wage is 9.8 pounds. 15 pounds is cheap compared to my competitors, which charge 60 pounds an hour. My website explicitly says I'm charging hourly, just like every other professional company in my location. Plumbers, electricians, everyone charges by the hour. Then she said that I hid the Windows Explorer option bar at the top. I told the customer that I didn't, because it's user customization settings and I don't touch that, unless they want me to. She kept accusing me. I put my foot down and kept saying I didn't change anything. Then she said I was at fault for Windows not downloading. Again, it took me a few minutes to figure out she was talking about Word not opening the PDF document. 
I told her that's a word issue and that I'm not responsible for issues and bugs to programs that are made and written by other developers or companies. She said she was going to pay me £10 and she had to insist on that. I told her it's £15. She eventually paid. The previous appointment was £55. £10 coming out fee for the first appointment only and 3 hours of work at £15 rate. She said that she was unhappy with that too. Again, my competitors would have charged significantly more for that, and I told her once more that all my rates are on my website, and I informed her of my rates before the appointment, as she specifically asked. Well, I don't think she's going to book me again, although I don't particularly mind. Edit. I'm going to charge £25 an hour from now on. Good for you, OP. Stick to your guns on that one. You can charge flat rate for some stuff, but I just assume charge an hourly rate, and uh, I always explicitly state if whatever work I'm doing, I don't care if it's swinging a hammer or fixing a computer or swinging a hammer at a computer. Um, it's a one hour minimum plus ride time. If it takes me 20 minutes to get to the site, I charge an hour and 20 minutes. It's a little cheeky, but you know, with gas prices being what they are and people calling you out for frivolous stuff, I got to be able to make a profit. So, eh. but yeah, and 25, if you're, if your competitors in the area are charging 60 pounds, I probably wouldn't go any less than 35 pounds an hour, but that's me. I'd stay above the halfway point at least. Um, you know, you're going to have to cover insurance if you don't have it already and other expenses. I mean, wear and tear on your car, wear and tear on your tools, wear and tear on your nerves. All of it adds up. A tale of two offices. I used to work doing internet tech support. One day an email comes in. I was upset that his internet died in the middle of an online poker game, and he lost money because of not finishing the hand. I dug into it, found that there was indeed a problem in the area, and dispatched texts as normal. But he had mentioned the name of the gambling site he was using. Their office was across the street, and I had a friend there who worked in the accounts slash customer service end of things. So I fired her a text saying that if dude opened up a ticket that they did indeed have internet issues. She replied back that he hadn't, but also his account has never had any real funds added to it, so it has to have been a free-slash-practice game that he was playing. Oh, end users. So I still don't understand. Why lie about something like that? Like, what is the point? It, it made no difference whether you were making money, losing money, gambling, talking to your mom through chat, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay, you have internet issues, you need them fixed, you call and you put in a ticket. There's no point in lying about it. Nobody cares. It finally happened. I'll be honest. I thought you were all lying to me. I thought you were just coming up with the weirdest thing you could think of a user doing. But today I learned that these stories were all true. It was just a standard tower replacement on our usual refresh cycle. I did the same thing I've done over and over already. I ran our user migration tool on the old computer. Then I set up the new computer and ran the tool again to restore the files. I made sure the user could access her emails. Made sure her browser favorites showed up properly got her printer installed, and then I was on my way. By the time I got back to my desk, I was getting messages from her demanding that I bring the old computer back because all of her files were gone. While I'm loading up her old hard disk drive, I tell her that sometimes user migration misses files that were in non-standard locations and ask where the files were located so I can retrieve them for her. She says she's missing hundreds of files and they were all on the desktop. Now, I saw her desktop earlier and I know there weren't hundreds of files there, thankfully, so I figured they were in a folder. And that's when memories of this subreddit flooded back to me and I decided to look in the recycle bin. Sure enough, there are hundreds of files there. So I take a screenshot and ask her if these are the missing files. 
Of course they are. That's obviously where you want to keep your important files so you can reuse them. So now I get the joy of trying to explain why it's a bad idea to store files in the recycle bin. Maybe if I'm really lucky I can convince her to actually use our cloud storage, but I won't hold my breath. Edit. So I explained to her that the recycle bin was meant for deleted files. True. And that several times in the past, the company had discussed setting up a policy that would automatically empty the recycle bin every week. A lie. That, combined with the scare of all her files being missing, seemed to drive home how precarious it was to keep files there. I moved her files to cloud storage and set up a shortcut to it right next to the recycle bin and named it Files to Reuse, in the hopes that she will get in the habit of using that instead. Luckily, she put files in the recycle bin by dragging them, not by using the delete key, so I don't have to worry about that at least. It's funny, about once every two or three months I get a story about people storing their files in the recycle bin. I'm not saying I've never gone back and grabbed files that I've, I've realized later that I needed, but it wasn't because I was storing them there. It was just because I got lucky and realized it before the automatic emptying happened. I am still working on one bad habit, my bad habit, of uh, storing a bunch of stuff on the desktop. It gets to the point where I'm lazy and it's just an easy way to drop them. It's like my default go-to for years. But I have started using File Explorer and setting up different folders and documents so that I can store things a little more properly, a little more organized, and uh, keep my desktop clean and hopefully help things run a little smoother. Unexplainable Crashes Hi there. The following post reminded me of a story I don't have very fond memories of. Also, excuse my English since it's not my native language. This was some years ago back when Windows 10 was fresh. I had a customer who had a shop, only ran by her, so there wasn't much IT, only a laptop, printer, and an external hard disk drive for backups. It was time for her to upgrade her laptop, which she worked with because it was getting old, so she bought a new one from us, alongside a new external hard drive for backups. I set up her system, configured and installed everything including backup software. We've used Acronis back then. Did I say that right? Acronis? Acronis? Anyway, made an initial backup. Went to her place, set everything up, everything was working fine. A month later, she calls me and tells me she's getting an error. I ask what kind of error. She says it's a blue screen with a sad smiley face. Oh dear. Windows wouldn't boot up anymore. I told her I needed to check the laptop to check for any errors and then restore it. I checked the hardware to make sure everything was fine. VSOD analysis said it was a driver error with the external hard drive, so we replaced it, restored everything, all was good. I told her she can come pick her laptop up. End of story, right? No, two weeks pass and she calls me again with the same error, BSOD. Again, the same problem. Alright then, since we're partnered with HP, this time we're going to change the motherboard to make sure no USB ports cause any problems. Again, restored from backup, etc. Another two weeks pass by and the problem is there again. I'm kind of at my wit's end, but fortunately she was taking vacation, which was perfect. I told her to bring me her laptop so I could do long-term tests. In the end, the problem was indeed the external hard disk, but it wouldn't matter if we'd change it because apparently the whole series ending with a certain number in the serial number would cause the same problem. We exclusively sold Western Digital Elements external hard drives. Took another external hard disk, set everything up, no problems ever since. How many of you guys remember the Western Digital, um, I think it was called My Book and Passport. I think it was called 
Western Digital, my book or something. If you stood all of these hard drives together, they were probably about five and a half, six inches tall, black plastic cases, and they were rounded on the front. And if you stood them all next to each other, it looks sort of like a bookshelf. And uh, I've still got some of them. I've got a, about four or five of the 500 gig and probably two of the one terabyte. And then I've got like things like this. This is a Western Digital four terabyte hard drive. Uh, little external just for spare files and whatever. Uh, always carry it just in case. The thing about the other hard drives is uh, they tend to be a little slow. They're, they've got some age on them. One of them is probably close to 10 years old. Wow, my daughter just scared the hell out of me. Pulled up with a flashlight on her scooter really fast to the back of the camper. Gets a little weird when it's bright in here and I can't see outside, but... You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.